Hello and welcome to ChamberCast, the Billings Chamber of Commerce's podcast. I'm your host, Mariah Pennington. I'm sure you have all heard that agriculture is Montana's number one industry. It has a huge impact on our local economy right here in Billings. For every 10 jobs on a farm or ranch, 14 jobs are created in Yellowstone County. So we wanted to give you, our listeners, some of the basics on the ag industry and what better time to do it than right now during the Northern International Livestock Exposition, or you might have heard it said, Nile. We have two guests on the show today. The first is Callie Cooley with Yellowstone County Extension, and the second guest is Bonnie DiVanero with The Nile. First, we'll be talking with Callie. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Awesome. So can you maybe give us a snapshot of what products make up the local egg industry here in Yellowstone County? Sure. Yeah. So Yellowstone County agriculture is very important in this area, not only Montana, but Yellowstone County specifically. So a lot of times you hear Montana being known as a, a cow and wheat mm-hmm. state, and that's pretty true for Yellowstone County as well. So we have a lot of cattle, livestock numbers are really high, and they make up the largest proportion of our ag sales. But then as far as crops go, we do, I mean, numbers in wheat are going to be the highest, and that's going to be made up into winter wheat and spring wheat. And then other than that, we have alfalfa for hay, barley, corn, and sugar beets that are going to round out the top five Crop commodities in Yellowstone County. Okay, I have so many questions. So when you say cattle, what does that mean? Because I know that we have in the past, even just promoting stuff for egg, have used the wrong photograph of the wrong kind of cow. So can you please tell us what does that mean? What What does it mean when you say cattle? Yeah, so primarily beef cattle. So in this area, we are raising cattle with the end game that they're going to be coming back onto your plates in the form of a hamburger or a steak. Okay. And so more so too, we are known as being a cow-calf state. So although, especially in Yellowstone County and the Yellowstone Valley, we do have feed lots that are going to kind of be finishing cattle for different reasons than, you know, your cow-calf producer, that's primarily the, the type of producer that's going to make up this area. Okay, so this podcast is for people like me who don't know a lot about agriculture. So I'm probably going to ask some questions that you ag folks out there are going to go, oh my goodness, she doesn't know what that means. But what when you say finishing cattle, what does that mean? Yeah, so what finishing means is that they're going to be feeding the animal to mm-hmm. the point where they are ready to be harvested. And so okay. most of that actually occurs in the Midwest where they're close to feed sources like corn and some of those higher energy uh, feeds that are going to be better to finish animals. But that's a reason that why we do have a little bit of an opportunity in Yellowstone County because we're right on the river. And so Mm -hmm. there's a lot of irrigated opportunity for those type of crops as well. Okay, that makes sense. And then you said alfalfa is what makes hay and hay is what we feed our livestock, correct? Correct. And hay is a very general term. So I'll be clear. Most of the time when we're talking about hay, Yes, we're talking about alfalfa because that's primarily what's going to be raised for hay and and baled into hay in Montana. But hay is really any type of forage that is cut and baled into some type of feed that you can feed an animal. So there's other examples like you could eat, you even have grass hay, right? So maybe you're, you're haying some dry land improved pasture for hay 
purposes mm-hmm. or something like that, where you have crested wheat and things like that. Oh my goodness. Um, or <laughs> you could even talk about a lot of individuals who raise cereal forages oh, like okay. yeah. hay barley mm-hmm. and oats and triticale mm-hmm. and things like those that they're not alfalfa, they're not a legume, but they certainly can also be yeah. cut and baled into forage. Now, of all the products that you were talking about, do those all stay in Montana? What kind of percentage of that do we send elsewhere and where do we send it if we do? Like, I'm just curious. I think a lot of hay is going to be used in Montana. This year, we're sourcing hay from a lot of Mm -hmm. other states and areas because we we truly have a hay shortage because of the drought. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, a lot of people are going to be producing hay to be used on their own operations. And sometimes maybe they can sell a little bit and then sometimes other people are going to have to source it from other individuals Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. And then the other things like beef and barley and all of those things that you talked about, is that all stay here in Montana or? No. So um, a lot of times like in this cow calf industry, you might, the calf might be born on the ranch Mm -hmm. and raised for a few months by that cow, you know, grazing pasture and other things like that that couldn't be used for any other purpose. They're mm-hmm. very efficient converters to protein. And so a lot of times what you see is they, they'll they stay on that cow until the fall or time for weaning, which most years is about this time. However, this year, because of the drought, has been a lot earlier in a lot of oh, okay. cases. Then at that time, they're usually sold to a feeder mm-hmm. who will then go ahead and, and finish feed those calves and get them to a finished weight mm-hmm. so that then they can be harvested. And so, like I said earlier, a lot of times those animals are going to go to the Midwest, your Kansas and okay. Colorado yeah. and places like that, where they have big feedlots and they're close to processing mm-hmm. facilities as that well. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Okay. So in the intro, I mentioned that you are an agriculture extension agent. Can you tell us what that is? What do you do? What does that mean? Sure. So we're technically faculty members of Montana State University, Bozeman. Okay. So in other words, two we're educators. And so our primary purpose is to extend research and information that's being developed at our land-grant university in Bozeman to our communities. So bringing what they're doing there Mm -hmm. to our communities as far as something that we really need. Right. And so that might be in the form of just one-on-one conversations or conferences or Mm -hmm. workshops. It looks a lot of different ways, but I mean, at the end of the day, we're, we're simply educating and trying to serve as a resource for individuals who have questions. I know that you came and spoke for leadership billings through the billings chamber last year. That's where I first heard you talk about all the crops and everything. And I was like, oh my gosh, all these things I didn't know. We should do a podcast. But there has to be other things. Like, can you give us some examples of some things you've done recently that you've used to educate the community on egg? Sure, absolutely. So my area is fairly broad in the sense that I not only cover your conventional farmers and ranchers mm-hmm. and your traditional in a sense, but also small acreage landowners. And of course, in Billings, we have a lot of those right. individuals. Yeah. So to that extent, I did host like a four-part webinar on small acreage management and okay. stewardship. Mm-hmm. And then earlier this year, I was switching gears and providing pesticide trainings for farmers uh, and ranchers who have a private applicator license 
Before that was offering some webinars for a sugar beet and malt barley symposium that didn't happen in person. Yeah. So there's a oh, lot. It's of, all over the place. It's definitely okay. all over the place. And one thing I should mention too is like I'm the ag agent, mm -hmm. but there are other types of extension agents. We cover okay. the four program areas of ag and natural resources. That's mm -hmm. me. 4-H and youth development. So a lot of people are familiar with 4-H. Mm -hmm. Yep. Family and consumer sciences and something that's a little bit newer, which is community development. And so okay. some agents might have to wear all of those hats. Right. But in Yellowstone County, we're fortunate where we have three agents mm -hmm. where I just do ag. Ronnie Baker does 4-H and Jackie Rump handles family and consumer okay. science. Got it. Awesome. You mentioned 4-H and FFA. Can you talk a little bit about the work that you guys are doing to educate young children about agriculture? Sure. So aside from the 4-H program itself, which, you know, is, is primarily Ronnie's bread and mm -hmm. butter, um, the program 4-H and FFA both provide a lot of opportunities for kids to learn lifelong things that are going to impact them forever. So mm -hmm. responsibility mm -hmm. and leadership, it's kind of this boots on the ground approach, right? Where say, for example, they have an animal. I mean, they have to learn how to take care of that. They need to figure out what they can do if something goes wrong with that right. animal. And for a lot of kids, it's the opportunity for them to really get interested and involved in the ag industry. It's like their first opportunity for that, especially having a little bit of of separation, maybe, for example, from the family farm or ranch, like it's their mm -hmm. thing, right? Yeah. So it teaches a lot of those skills that are beneficial forever. I was a 4-H'er myself. I grew up East Mile City. And some of those skills that I learned are things that I still use today. Mm -hmm. And I can credit to my experience in 4-H. So can't speak highly enough about both 4-H yeah. and FFA. But what did you what did you raise when you... Yes. What, what animals did you raise as a 4-H'er? I was, well, actually, this is funny. My dad always said you can only take an animal that you can find on the ranch. Like that was his rule. So for oh. me, that was very limited to, oh, okay. I took steers and heifers. Okay. Um, Why was that his rule? Well, I don't know. It just, it just maybe was. maybe he knew, didn't want something that was unknown, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, I, I took steers and heifers. And then other than that, had other like indoor type projects mm -hmm. too. Like I did cooking and teen leadership and child yeah. development and weed science and things like that, that I think are also very, very beneficial and shouldn't be overlooked. I have a very limited experience with 4-H, but I do have some experience and that experience was <laughs> when my girls were little well not little they were probably gosh i don't know third grade third grade second grade we had rabbits mm -hmm. and we i don't know why decided to do the 4-h thing show the rabbits you talk about all the things that you learn i don't even know if we're going to keep this in the podcast but if we do Talk about sex education. Like, seriously, <laughs> we had rabbits and yeah. they asked a lot of questions and they did learn a lot of things about taking care of them and all of the skills that you talked about. But it's like a lot of work. And we just had rabbits. Like, I can't imagine having a calf or all the, uh, it sounds like a lot of work, but yes. yeah, it was a long process, but they made friends. Mm -hmm. They got to go to the fair and show them and then they, you know, each got ribbons or whatever. And it was a great experience. I don't know why we didn't continue doing it, but 
Yeah, it was. That's my limited experiences. Yeah, is with rabbits. So <laughs> absolutely, no, that totally makes sense. Yeah, and I think too another thing like you brought up is the networking aspect of it. Yeah, and there's certain people that I met through. 4-H Congress or camp that yeah. then I ended up going to college mm-hmm. with and we still knew each other and it was fun to connect yeah. and all that kind of thing. So it's that's that's a benefit as well. Yeah. And I think part of the purpose of 4-H is to get kids involved in agriculture and to stay in it later in life, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And if you think about FFA, it stands for Future Farmers of America, yeah. right? Yes. So yeah, absolutely. What does 4-H stand for? The 4-Hs are hands, uh, heart, health, Head. Okay. I was like, oh, I'm putting yeah, you on the like, spot I now. I pledge my head to clear thinking my hands. Okay. Are, yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. cool. Awesome. Is there anything else that I didn't ask you that you'd want to mention about the whole uh, educating about agriculture for kids? Yeah, absolutely. So one thing that I do have a lot of experience with and something that I get to do is teach at the Niles fourth grade ag ed oh, event. Okay. And that's an awesome opportunity. We see virtually almost every single fourth grader Mm. in school district two and the surrounding school districts, anyone who wants to attend, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And we educate them on crops and livestock Mm -hmm. and soil science and uh, the cattle women do a session on beef Mm -hmm. and they talk about honeybees and range management and The interesting thing is for a lot of these kids, it's some of the only agriculture Mm -hmm. education that they get. Yeah. And I think for a lot as well, it it leaves a mark. Mm -hmm. They have fun. They get to go to the Nile. They get to see the animals and then they get to learn about the ag industry, which is so important to Montana and Yellowstone County. So we, I have always taught the crop section and I like it. We focus on those five main crops in Yellowstone County Mm -hmm. to familiarize kids with not only what they are when they're driving down the road, right. but what are their uses? What are yeah. their end uses? And why is this important to me? Yeah. And then when they're eating a hamburger or whatever, they mm-hmm. have some sort of perspective on where this came from. Yeah. It's not just, you know, magically created at the hamburger store. You know what I Absolutely. mean? Like it's oh. actually grown bread here in Montana. So totally. Yeah. yeah it's cool. But- a sugar bee growing on the side of the road isn't lettuce. Yeah. <laughs> There's sugar in the root of that plant and the beet portion of it. And that's what you're going to use to yep. make your candy and all that good stuff. And it smells really great when it's being processed. Well, yeah. If you get the right breeze. <laughs> if you're one of those fortunate ones. I've lived near the sugar beet factory. I know exactly what that smells like. So, Callie, at the end of every podcast, we do what's called the Rorschach questions. I don't know if you, well, I won't put you on the spot and ask you if you listen to our podcast. So, I will ask you (laughs) questions that you have not been prepped for, and then you just give me your first response. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. (laughs) What is your earliest agricultural memory? Oh, boy. I don't know if I have an earliest ag memory. So, I grew up on a farm and ranch east of Mile City. And so we were very, very involved from the time we were born, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like going in the feed truck and that type of thing. One of the, probably the earliest memories I do have, of course, it has to be associated with the bad one, but <laughs> I was, I believe I was five and it was like the first gather that I was able to just totally go out on my own. Uh-huh. Like, you know, I had reins to myself and yeah. that was going to be the day. And that was my big day. Right. And my dad got bucked off that day and broke his ankle. Oh, 
that's probably one of my earliest like memories, really. You're like, great. Specifically. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds painful. Okay. Here's an easier one. Okay. How do you like your steak cooked? Medium. Some people might be like, oh my gosh, she didn't say medium rare. <laughs> She's not a true rancher. No, I, I'm medium. I will say prime rib, medium rare. Yes. Oh, I like that you added what kind. Okay. And then just because it's October, what is the best Halloween costume you've ever come up with? I told someone the other day that I feel like I'm a Halloween Scrooge. <laughs> and not, not because I don't like it, but because... I feel like I never have good ideas. Yeah. Even I, as a kid, you don't remember one costume. You're like, that was legit. My mom made me this awesome scarecrow costume oh. that was homemade and great. I will say, I think my little boy is going to be a pirate, which okay, is cool. pre pretty traditional, but I'm excited. And it's going to be like the do-rag pirate. Oh, not yeah, like yeah. The big, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and in true chamber form, I have to ask you, do you like candy corn? Yes or no? I do. Oh, drag. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> I I said I said that tentatively because I figured it was obviously a big debate. I actually but don't know what, what other people... I mean, we asked that at our candidate forum, and uh, I, I'm not sure if it's because Dan and Jack don't like candy corn or if it's because they do. We are going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we'll be talking with Bonnie DiVanero with The Nile. Okay, friends, we're back here with Bonnie DiVanero, the equine programs director at the Nile. Bonnie, thank you so much for taking the time to visit with us today. We're going to start, we're going to talk mostly all things Nile. So the first question is, what is your mission at the Nile? Actually, let's back up and just tell our listeners, what is your role with the Nile? What sure. is it that you do there? Sure. So um, at the Nile, my official title is the Equine Programs Director, which means okay. anything horse except professional rodeo. That's the one piece that involves horses that I I help with, but I don't oversee. So everything horse related. And then there's a couple other side events that I also help spearhead there. I mean, it's all a team event, right? Okay. We're a really small organization. Yeah. But in a nutshell, anything horses... I'm your girl. All right, cool. So let's talk about the mission of the Nile. Why okay. is this expo that you have so important to the egg industry? Absolutely. So um, our mission is to preserve and embrace the Western way of life, which back in 1967, when our organization was first founded, it was a just an awesome place to showcase and come and exhibit. And I think in today's world, that meaning or that statement preserve and embrace the western way of life has a lot more it hits home a lot harder because ag the ag industry in its entirety right now is under a lot of scrutiny it's under a lot of fire and so not only are we trying to preserve what some some areas are trying to do away with we want to keep that but we're also here to embrace it and celebrate it yes that makes sense and i think did the nile originated as an idea from the Livestock Committee of the Billings Chamber of Commerce in 1966. 
Now that I don't know about. Yeah. So um, there's a little factoid that it actually started right where we are right now. That so. would be really, really cool. <laughs> that You know, it makes sense um, because I know uh, Mr. Pat Goggins and Conrad Burns and those founding <laughs> yeah. group of really, really smart guys. I know they were involved on so many different levels that it absolutely would make sense. Yeah. yeah. I just thought it was a cool little yeah, factoid. That's really cool. Okay, well, so when this episode comes out, okay. October 20th, the Nile will be completely underway. Yes. Two big parts of the expo are 4-H and FFA, yeah. which we talked a little bit about with Cali, but cool. how important are those two youth activities to agriculture in our area? Maybe you can talk about it a little bit. Absolutely essential. Okay. Absolutely essential. Done. She answered the question. <laughs> We're out. Very, very simple Mind answer, <laughs> but we could not... We could not be where we are today. Like I wouldn't be the person I am today without both 4-H and FFA. I was an 11-year 4-H member mm -hmm. until they finally said, you're too old, get out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then I came back and said, can I be a leader, please? Uh, okay. I was one of those crazy people. Um, yeah. FFA, right, is just your high school-aged kids. Mm -hmm. Great organizations. They're not just for ag. I do have to say they teach you public speaking. They teach you how to yeah. do interviews, how to interview for a job. Mm -hmm. and they teach you so many basic life skills mm -hmm. that we kind of lose in the yeah. regular public school system. But is to our Nile organization, they're our foundation. They're our target. Mm -hmm. We want to educate the next generation, yeah, the that youth. Makes sense. So they are absolutely essential. I and mean, we have a whole bunch of competitions and ways for them to be celebrated and exhibit the things that they're working really hard on on all of their projects. Got the, the junior fed market show and sale. So that's where they bring their livestock that they've been raising all summer long and growing and feeding right. to the, they exhibit okay. them, get placed, can be a winner mm -hmm. and then sell them also. Yeah. We've got the merit heifer program, which is for 4-H or FFA aged high school aged kids where they apply to receive an actual live animal scholarship. Oh, okay. So we find, so they apply, they're selected based on their merit, you know, mm -hmm. how, yeah. how worthy are they? And then we match them with a donor. So a ranch or a producer who has they actually give yeah. them a cow at the end of the program, a young heifer. So they receive, and at the end of a summer of working with the Nile, with Shelby, who oversees the livestock department, they work together, they educate them. And at the end of the summer, if they've successfully completed that program, they take home that cow. And they've worked with it all summer, yeah. but then they actually own it themselves. Yes. And it starts, a. Per they can make, it, it's a production, right? It's yes. production livestock, yep. so they can make money with it. It's but a starter cow. Yeah, it really <laughs> is. And it's a, it's a really neat program because there's the progeny pen which is attached to that where those kids get to come back so oh. they've exhibited when they're first yeah. receiving it but they've taken it home they've put it either maybe into the grandma or grandpa's herd mm -hmm. or maybe mom or dad mm -hmm. or their own and they have one cow next year well if you save that heifer calf in two years yep. you've got two cows three mm -hmm. cows right yeah. how it counts up yeah. and so it's really cool to see those kids come back and some of them use it for college fund because yeah. you can sell that calf every yeah. year um, some of it use it to start their own herd yeah that's cool yeah, yeah. Okay, so average everyday person like me or a lot of our listeners, not all, but a lot, is going to hear this podcast and then they know that the Nile is happening. So my question is, what are some things that people, normal, average, everyday people that are not coming to sell a horse or buy a horse right. or show anything? They just want to come to the Nile. What can they see? What can they do that would be interesting? Absolutely. So there's an entire spectrum. I will hit on one quick event. It's the Radiant Rodeo. So it's a, a on Thursday, the 21st, 
from 1 to 3 where we invite special needs families to come in and meet rodeo cowboys and rodeo queens. Okay, that's really cool. Um, so there's that specific event. That My one daughter's is a special limited. ed teacher, so yeah, that's <laughs> so super cool. that's a really neat event. We have, um, we're hoping to get J.J. Harrison, who's our rodeo entertainer down yeah. there. Just depends on his schedule. He's a really busy guy. Yeah. Um, but the rodeo queens um, come down, so they're in their big shaps and their yeah. cats with their crowns and everything. Um, and then whatever rodeo cowboys that are available during mm-hmm. that time. Yeah. Um, so it's a really cool program. So that one is actual geared towards the rodeo and they get to meet some of those rodeo okay. guys. Yep. But so with that being said, all day, every day is free to the public. So we don't charge a gate admission. Mm-hmm. There's trade shows with everything from your tax store where you can buy something for your horse or your, your cow yeah. all the way down to Christmas shopping. I mean, you like can jewelry get jewelry and clothing yes. and hats. And yes. Things. So yeah. the trade show, we have, I think, over 100 vendors that come to our trade show. There's wow. different times on different days mm-hmm. and different locations. Yeah. So it just depends on, hey, I'm going to come down there on Wednesday, go to the website, look and see what you know, what times are and trade shows are available that day. So we have the trade shows. There's the junior fed livestock exhibit. So if you want to come down and see what a goat looks like, come down and walk through the barns. The barns are open. The public is welcome. We, you know, our exhibitors are That's there to help favorite. educate. I, you know, I, I go to the fair. To yeah, the animals absolutely. The so, so Saturday and Sunday, the 15th and 16th. Okay. I'm sorry. 15th is no 16th and 17th. There's the dates. So we're going to miss that. They're going to be there, um, get to see the goats and the sheeps, then transition later into the week, and we have all the cows. Oh, um, yay, So there's over 1,500 head of cattle that oh come through gosh. there throughout those days. They come in and out because there's different days that they're showing, um, but they're all trained show cattle. Mm-hmm. So they're on halter. They're not wild, right. out, yeah. crazy in the, f- yeah. in the field, right? These are show cattle, so they're bathed and clean and clipped and look all as pretty as possible. Yeah. So come down and see the show cows, and they'll, they've got shows every single day starting on saturday the 16th all the yeah. way through and i love that saturday, that's the free. that's amazing yeah so come and experience all of the livestock barns just the whole atmosphere of it is is really really yeah. neat and then we have our rodeo performances so we've got four rodeo performances those are ticketed events mm-hmm. you can get your tickets up through the box office at yeah. metra um but we've got some great rodeo action we've got a ranch rodeo on the 16th and then three prca pro rodeo performances yes. which is more like what you'll see on tv and they're Yes, great rodeo. I love rodeo. And then on the horse side, we do have a clinic going on. Again, it's free to the public. It's in the First Interstate Arena on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then Thursday, Friday of the week, we move that down to the Super Barn. It's still open to the public. It's just in a different barn farther down. Okay. So you can come and see and and Bill Oliver with Oliver Horsemanship, he talks about how to work with a young horse. Mm-hmm. So maybe you're thinking yeah. about getting a horse. Yeah. It's a great opportunity to learn how do how do I work well with this horse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have a horse clinic out at Miller's Horse Palace. Uh, we've got the actual horse competitions. So that's where the Ranching Heritage Challenge and the Versatility Ranch Horse Show that I've, I've talked about before. Right. Um, so again, it's open to the public, but it's a really cool. That's where you get to see those horses in fast action. They're running a cow down the fence. They're, it's, it's the opportunity to show you what they go out and do every yes. day on the, yeah. with the cowboys in the arena and they get judged and scored and they win money and prizes. So great opportunity. What out a at Miller's great horse thing Palace. for anyone of any age, but particularly what you were saying earlier. So we have students from all over Billings who maybe don't know some of this stuff. And yeah, they came when they were in the fourth grade, but it's free. They can come down and check out all these animals, see what real cowboys are doing and 
enjoy the rodeo. It's just cool. And and it really is. It's an opportunity to ask. If you've got a question, the exhibitors are there and they want to educate anybody. Mm -hmm. So come and ask a question. Yeah. Everybody's been super nice to me today (laughs) when I've interviewed. And even the people that work here that know way more about egg than me, they want to talk about it. Yeah. And they don't make me feel bad for not knowing all the answers. So. Yeah, they no, won't make our list. We want you to be, in, you know, at least see what what kind of world yeah. we we live in. Yeah. Because um, it does, right? It gets, it's our every day that we, you know. But we, not only that, it's because that it is a big part of being in Montana. And yeah. people are proud of the industry. They want to talk about it. And, Absolutely. So. It, it's a really cool part of what we get to do to celebrate ag. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. We give these producers, because they work, like these horse projects, it's not like, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to practice. They work yeah. at it for years. Yeah. And these, I mean, some of these horses they've been working and training with for years. Almost, yeah. I mean, horses will live till they're 25. Yeah. And so, I mean, you've got a lifetime of investment mm-hmm. into this horse, and it's a really, really neat opportunity um, to get to celebrate what they've done, all their hard work. Well, it's really fun to talk to you because it's obvious that you're just so passionate about it. You're passionate about horses and the whole industry. And so I am one of the crazy ones. (laughs) No, it's good. It's awesome. Oh, thank you. Well, at the end of every episode, we like to do this thing called the Rorschach question. And so we, there are questions that we didn't prep you for, but you just have to answer like off the cuff. And so the first question is, what is your earliest egg memory? Oh, I have a lot. So I was one of the kids that we grew up on what you'd call a hobby farm. Both my mom and dad worked in town, but we still had animals. We had goats, chickens, rabbits, horses, everything. My husband laughs and calls me Ellie Mae Clampett because I kind of ran around a little bit wild when I was little. But so with that backstory, my some of my earliest memories, we raised Sonnen goats, milk goats. Okay. Like they're like the dairy cow mm-hmm. of the, yep. the goat industry. And I remember helping my mom birth baby goats. Oh my um, gosh. And so I, I loved goat. the baby goats. I mean, and they are so cute and a little fluffy and well, they come out slimy, but they, they turn cute. Well, no wonder you're <laughs> still doing all of this. Okay, second question. And we were talking about this earlier. How do you like your steak cooked? Medium. Oh, that's what Callie said. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. She said she'd get in trouble for it. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, She's, no. I don't, uh, I, you can't, it has to be hot in the middle. Like, I, I'm not yeah. a rare person. Okay. I can't have a cold steak. Sorry. <laughs> not rare. But if you overcook it, you, yeah. Yeah, right. It's yeah. dry and tasteless. Yeah. And, and it's, right. it's actually not as healthy for you. So. Okay. Last question. Okay. Well, sort of. There's two last questions. <laughs> but because it's October, mm-hmm. what is the best Halloween costume you've ever come up with? Oh, I was a three musketeer with my horse. Okay, explain. <laughs> <laughs> so the what movie The mean? Three Musketeers, yes. yeah. Yes. Right, where they're like they're in France, yeah. you know, they have the big yep. plume flap, mm-hmm. um, feather in their hat uh-huh. and the sword and and they they wear like the big cape, right? Yeah. The three musketeer cape. Yeah. yeah. So uh, my mom made me a big cape to wear like that, and I had mm-hmm. a fake sword and we found a big feather at the dollar store to put in my hat. And then uh, my mom made a costume for my horse. So she made oh. a big oh. I, I really was one of the lucky <laughs> kids with like really cool parents. So she made, you know, like where like the war horses, you know, where they yeah. They come in like yeah. um, all draped in yes. the big cloth down. <laughs> wow. She put like the scooped cloth on his reins. Oh my so, gosh. Yeah. yeah. By far my best That's costume. Cool. So you weren't all three musketeers. You no, were just one of them. Just me and my horse. Okay, yep. I was envisioning. <laughs> how did you dress up as three of them? That's no. weird. Yeah, I was just okay. a musketeer. Got it. Yes. Which one were you? 
You don't know. Well, I, okay. From like the 1990s Musketeer movie, <laughs> yeah. right? I, is it? Because there's what? Athos, Porthos, and Aramis. I yeah. think it was por, por, Porthos. Okay. I'm so bad That's with so the names. That's so funny. It's fine. It, I it, didn't think you would even answer. So. Oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a true movie nerd. That is, oh, I don't oh, know the cool. names, but that's, cool. that's the one. Okay. Very last question. Do you like candy corn? Yes or no? Maybe. <laughs> that's where <laughs> I'm at. I'm, I'm kind I mean, of. I'll a, eat it if there's nothing else, but. Exactly. Yeah. But no, I wouldn't pick it as my favorite. No, no. no it's not a Skittle. No. Thank right? you. Or chocolate for that matter. I don't like chocolate. Oh, what? I we know. can't be friends. I well, you can know it's it's better because you can have all the chocolate. Oh, there you go. I will leave all We're the chocolate for you if you give me all your Skittles. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I feel like I could just sit here and talk to Bonnie all day. If it wasn't Nile Prep Week, yep. I would. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Yes. But we are working hard to get yes. everything. Yeah. You are. With that said, cool. everybody go check out the Nile. We'll put all of the details in the show notes for you. So if you want any information, you don't have to go any further than just scrolling down, reading, cool. clicking on the link. So hope you all check it out. And thanks so much for being here this week. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Thank you so much to both Bonnie and Callie for joining us today. I know I learned a lot and I hope all of you listening did as well. We will put links in the show notes to more info on MSU Extension, Nile, and some of the other things we talked about today as well. If you'd like to learn more about agriculture or be more involved, consider joining the Chamber's Ag Committee. We will put a link in the show notes for that as well. If you'd like to advertise with us, suggest a topic, or ask a question, please feel free to email us at podcast at billingschamber.com. And don't forget to subscribe to ChamberCast wherever you get your podcasts because... There's something here for everyone.